Adam had purpose. He was he was naming animals. He was naming the flowers. He was taking care of the, the garden in which he was in. But then that was taken away from him. Welcome to the Men of Conviction podcast. Hey, man, wake up. We are at war. Yeah, I'm talking to you. We are at war. There is an enemy around us. And I'm talking about Satan. He's he's fighting us. He's fighting battles. And we got to fight back. Welcome to the Men of Conviction podcast. I'm your host, Cordell Nolan. Today, we are going to talk about the fall of man. And I believe that Satan is alive and well today. He is he is alive, but God is greater than Satan. And we've got to stand up and dis- defeat this enemy. Um, I went to a uh, class today on, on neo-Marxism. And, and <laughs> man, it's just really interesting because you see all these things, all these institutions around us. Um, that are kind of being taken over by uh, these almost seem like crazy ideologies um, in politics, Republicans, the Democrats, a little few independents that are left, uh, the government just in, in the whole, um, the corporate world with their uh, ESG scores. If you hadn't looked that up, the environmental, social and governance scores that they have in order to participate on the uh, stock exchange. And then there's, you know, social media, sports, you know, the algorithm and social media. There's this, this infiltration of things that are not true and not of God because we get, because of the idea of neo-Marxism, we get to define our own truth now, right? We, we get to define our own truth as opposed to having a fundamental truth, the word of God. Then this is where we are. So if, you, if you're wondering why things aren't, they don't seem so easy, they don't, they don't seem so, so great or so happy-go-lucky, it's because we're probably not following the foundational truths that were set in motion when God created the heavens and the earth. So today we're going to read through uh, Genesis 3, and um, I, I wanted to kind of open up with that, letting you guys know that, hey, I feel like we're in a, in a real war. I feel that Satan's attacking me. If, you, if I were to tell you, hey, I, I sat here for an hour before I started recording, you'd probably laugh. Maybe, maybe not. It's because he's attacking me. Satan's attacking me saying, you know what, Cordell, maybe people don't want to listen to this episode. Maybe people don't want to listen to God's word. My hope and my prayer is that God's word will prevail, whether I see the views on YouTube in my lifetime or not. I want to put this out there so that someday somebody will be able to hear these words and hopefully it'll lead them to the truth and not what's being said out in front of us with the, you know, what's on the internet, what's on social media, essentially the censorship of truth and the mark of Christians as being this evil group that doesn't like to have fun, that doesn't know the way to live, that that's infringing on people's rights, so-called rights, we'll say. Um, whenever in reality, it's just the opposite. I believe that Christians are the people that are supposed to take in the sick and suffering, the people that have, have sinful nature and, and show them the way of Jesus Christ so that they can live a life full of purpose and intention. So... <laughs> With the grace and courage from God, I come to you today to 
share with you on on um, Genesis 3. I'll say a prayer and we'll dive into the scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving me the strength and courage to record this episode. I pray that those that are listening will be able to hear it, their hearts and minds will be able to hear it, and that you will be able to impart your infinite wisdom into their lives. This prayer is in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, we'll start. Now that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be more like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Often wonder, you know, as you read through the Bible, if you think like, man, what, what was Adam with her the whole time that she was talking to the serpent or not? It seems like there's some probably some time gap there, right? You know, she's talking to the serpent first and now Adam's with her and she eats of the fruit. So she gave some to her husband and he who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Then the the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and he, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, "Where are you?" He answered, "I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid." And he said, "Who told you you were naked? Have you have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from?" The man said, "The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it." Then the Lord God said to the woman, "What is it this you have done?" The woman said, "The serpent deceived me and I ate." So the Lord God said to the serpent, "Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly. You will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of, curses a ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. I will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until until you return to the ground, since you were taken for dust you are, and to dust you you will return." Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living creatures, of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and flaming swords flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. 
So, wow, there we have it. You have Adam and Eve living in a perfect paradise with God, their creator. He walks in the garden with them and talks with them. That's the relationship they had at that time. And then the serpent appears. The serpent appears into the marriage that God performed in chapter 2 and has these conversations with Eve, much like the neo-Marxist has with us today. Hey, do you, how do you know that this tree will actually hurt you? I mean, because God said. That's what Eve you know, basically says. God told me that I can't eat of this tree. But the serpent says, you know what? No, you, you can you, you will not surely die. The serpent starts with his lie, just like it is today. Like, you know, I can basically people are able to change their identities today. If this doesn't seem very similar to the third chapter in the Bible, I don't know what does. Because here we are today in a society where we live and we chase and we pursue pleasures and trying to figure out up and down. And maybe the answers are in the Bible the historical account of creation, the historical account of our Lord and Savior who created us to be with him. It's really interesting to me as you just kind of look through this and you you try to put rationale to it thinking, you know what, why couldn't why couldn't Eve just leave that alone? Why did Adam have to eat it too? Who's this serpent? And, and why, did, why did our good God allow a serpent to be in the garden? I mean, so many questions arise from this and the way it's written. And, and you know, it, this, this is the beginning of time, so I'm sure there's, there's more context in here, but I believe what's important is here. It's the beginning of time, and it's the lineage that leads up to our Savior is what we're looking at here in the Old Testament. And it, it's, I think we're just like Adam and we're just like Eve, Oftentimes, men, we're, we're, we're tempted by our wives to do what we know to be wrong, and we should lead our families to make sure that there's no serpents in the area, not in our house, you know? Take care of your home. So often, we're deceived by the serpent who tells us, hey, you know what? This gender thing that we have nowadays is just a social construct. It's not really a biological thing. You see, that, that sounds an awful like, like, like the serpent. You will not surely die. You weren't born this way. You weren't born. Hey, if somebody told me today, hey, Cordell, you weren't born a male, I, I would sure say, well, yes, I, well, yes, I am. <laughs> I've, I've got the right equipment. And just like my wife has the right equipment to be a woman, a female. But yet, somehow, somehow in our culture and our society today, we're confused. We're confused about what's right and what's wrong because we've gotten away from objective truth and we've gotten more into, you know, I, I am because I think I am. We've gotten to this idea of thinking about thinking and thinking that we can think our way to ultimate truth, and I don't know how we could do that. That becomes a, a, a religion in and of itself. And that's what we have to be careful of because what ends up happening here is God starts awarding punishments. Uh, I'm reminded of, of myself thinking, you know, hey, my parents, you, you, there's songs about it, no jumping on your bed. Me jumping on my bed as a little boy, I was jumping on my bed. I was like, man, I can get awful close to my ceiling. And uh, I jumped up a little bit higher and I felt just a 
tips of my hair touched the ceiling. I said, man, maybe I can just press my head up against my ceiling. And I jumped a little bit harder and I jumped. I missed. I jumped again and my head went through the ceiling. And of course, I reaped the consequences for jumping and putting a hole in the ceiling of my house. And, and much like our Heavenly Father, my mother and father, they, they issued out some consequences for me jumping on my bed. And I was ashamed that I put my head through the ceiling. It's, it's almost like I was Adam and Eve, not listening to my earthly father and mother. We're no different. We disobey our kids, our, our parents whenever we're, we're kids, you know. And, and then the blame game starts. How often is it that that folks are blaming? Well, this person did this. This person did that. Essentially, the the whole neo-Marxism approach is that there's a the oppressed and the oppressor, and so we're always putting the blame on the oppressor. They're they're holding me down. They're holding this group of people down. Let me put the blame on them, and if I can just do this, then it'll be better. And so now it's like, well, almost in this instance, the serpent saying, you know what? God is your oppressor. So just go ahead and eat this, and then you'll know good and evil, and you'll be like God, and God's keeping you from that. So go ahead and experience this. Seems like the serpent had a little bit of insight on who God was. God issues out punishment. The man, instead of taking ownership and saying, my God, I'm sorry, he blames the woman. The woman blames the serpent. Now women have pain in childbirth. Men have to work. And the serpent slithers around on the ground and eats the dust. So my, my my big things here are is how are we living? Are we living in accordance to what we know to be true or what we think to be true or what we feel to be true? Because the, the, the ideas that are floating around our society today are often around our feelings and around how we feel about things. And, and because I can do this, I will. And because these people are, are marginalized, distant franchised, we need to go out and protect them. I, I think that the answers to how you should treat people are found in the Bible. And if we start to get our own reasoning around it and say, you know what, I can come up with morality and rationality without using this book, we often end up in a place where we are today, where we don't really teach history in school. We take out our God out of our country. We we label speaking our mind as hate speech and having opposing views as something that cannot be tolerated unless you listen to the modern-day mainstream thoughts and ideologies. So I'll close with this. God created this perfect paradise for man to live in, gave him the rules and and wish to operate and live. And, And in that relationship, there came the enemy saying, hey, maybe you can do this instead. And I think 
in today's time, what we need to evaluate is where is the serpent showing up in our lives? Is it showing up in our workplace? Is it showing up in our media? Is it showing up in our entertainment? Is it showing up and poking its ugly head and saying, you know what? Living like this may not be so bad. Hey, you know what? If you just do this, it'll be, you'll like it. And as a matter of fact, I know you will, right? We all know that that a lot of times sin is pleasurable in the moment, but in the long term, it, it, it poses deadly consequences as it did for Adam and Eve. So he returns to the dust. He doesn't get to live forever in the garden. He's banished from this tree. Um, he's banished, so that way he cannot get to the tree of life. And so, you know, we go through the Bible, and in God's ultimate grace, he provides a way for us to, to be back in, in, in community and in concert with him. And so I want to encourage you to figure out what's keeping you from the garden, so to speak. A relationship with 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 a God that's going to take care of you, show you a way for you to have purpose and intention in your life. Adam had purpose. He was he was naming animals. He was naming the flowers. He was taking care of the the garden in which he was in. But then that was taken away from him. Whenever he chose uh, uh, to to be deceived and to do something that he knew was wrong, and a lot of times I think we we, we think we'll get by with it which it seems like they did for a second. They got by with long enough for them to go put their fig leaves on, but then God's like, hey, I know you're here. And you, you, and I think it's kind of interesting that, that God asked Adam the question. He asked him, you know, I heard you in the, uh, let's see, I'm going to find it here for us. It says, where are you? Like, like God doesn't know where he is. I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, in which God knew all these things already. And God says, so did you eat from that tree that I told you about? Which he knew that that's what had had to have happened. I can only imagine God as a father being so disappointed in Adam and Eve for not listening to him. But here we are. So childbirth is painful for women. We have to work as men. And this is a life that we created for ourselves. But think about what is in your life. What has moved in our lives? What has moved in our world? All the advancements, have they just taken us maybe a little bit further from God? Yeah, it sure is nice to sit in this room with air conditioning and be able to talk into this mic and for you to be able to see me wherever you're listening or listening in your car when you're driving. But has all of these technological advancements taken us away from community and being together? Because I, I believe we were designed for community. We were designed for community and to serve and worship the true and living God. I hope that these words will encourage you and inspire you to figure out what is it in your life? Where is a serpent showing up? And, and get rid of them. Evict them from your life. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for Genesis chapter 3. Genesis, Genesis chapter 3 to me, Lord, is a, is so much of a reflection of, not of Adam and Eve, but of our lives today, about how crafty and how tempting sin can be and how, how, how it can look so inviting and acceptable, but yet not be. I pray that you'll help all those listening and help myself, dear Lord, to run 
Satan out of our lives and live a life that is pleasing with purpose and intention that serves you and serves your kingdom because I know that that is the path to true freedom in a life that is meaningful and worthy. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this medium. I thank you for this platform. It's your name I pray. Amen. So thank you guys for listening. If you like this episode, please like, share, leave a comment. Um, you know, like I said, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's a little discouraging. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm being attacked. It's like, man, I look at the views on the videos. I'm like, man, nobody's listening. Nobody's really watching. I don't want a pity party, but what I do want you to do is share this message with others. If you think it can help, I want you to leave a comment. If you'd like to hear a specific topic about the Bible. Um, but I'm looking forward to growing community of men that believe in the word of God, foundational truths. So that way we can live a life in unity together and show people how attractive it is to live a life according to God's will, as opposed to ah, that serpent that sneaks up every once in a while. Thank you for listening. This is the Men of Conviction podcast. We'll catch you next time. We're out. <laughs>